But in the speaking world, you make half again as much on your speech if your comedy has content, if you're teaching something. So that's, I made that switch in 2012. I was making five grand for 45 minutes of comedy and the meeting planner said, Frank, we love you. But you know, the world's moved on. You need to teach our audience something and we'll pay you more. Success. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Sex desire is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. So strong and impelling is this desire for sexual contact that men freely run the risk of life and reputation to indulge in. When harnessed and redirected along other lines, this motivating force maintains all of its attributes of keenness of imagination, courage, etc., which may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or in any other profession or calling, including, of course, the accumulation of riches. Napoleon Hill. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Frank. Frank, thank you so much for being here with us today. You are welcome, and I have an old blue pill, by the way, and let me tell you something. Don't take that when your wife or whatever, girlfriend, partner, significant other is away from the house because I, I, I had the pill and I couldn't keep my hands off myself. I'm telling you. I just... <laughs> as long as you're having fun there, honey. <laughs> hey, so, I... I I actually uh, um, had sex in a 737 laboratory during the Mile High Club. I was by myself, so I got an individual membership, but that really doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> I don't know if that counts or not. I don't really. <laughs> I don't think living in Denver counts either. Just saying. <laughs> I've never thought about that. Isn't everybody having sex in Denver in the Mile High Club? That's a great point. Right? <laughs> Well, not everybody. The virgins aren't. The ugly ones are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's bad. That's so bad. <laughs> so where are you in the world are you today? I'm on the MSC cruise ship. I'm parked off the coast of uh, Mexico. It's called uh, Costa Maya, which nice. translates in Spanish to additional cruise ship retail stop. <laughs> Higher pricing. <laughs> well, they they need they need another retail stop, and so they built this little village. I mean, there are some Incan ruins near here, granted, but you won't find Costa Maya. I don't think on a map anywhere. It's not really an official place. It's just like a you know strip mall they built on the Mexican coast. Don't tell them I told you that. <laughs> so, for those of you who are short of shopping experiences, <laughs> you get to have one in Mexico. Yeah, it's just like the you know the, the private island that they stop at on the cruise in the Caribbean. Yep. Same story. You know, you take your cruise card with you because everything on the private island costs money. Right. So, yeah, another retail stop. That's hilarious. Awesome. So give us a little bit of background. Why are you in the Caribbean? What are you doing? Who are you and what do I'm, you do? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for a country without an extradition treaty is what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm a stand-up yeah. comedian. 
I've been doing that for 37 years full time. I've been doing cruises, stand-up comedy on cruises for 12 years. And I've been fired off every cruise line but this one. And it's always a cruise director that I run into, the wrong cruise director, wrong time. Somebody, I've been fired off Carnival. Well, you know, the cruise director and I had a, had a um, philosophical difference, a personality conflict. I'm a Sagittarius, he's a dick. So that's why I got fired off Carnival. Do you have it's, attitude um, problems, Frank? I do have attitude problems. I'm not, yeah. I'm the kid in the neighborhood. Stay away from that king boy. He's a bad influence. Um, no, what I do is, you know, nobody conventions or conferences over Thanksgiving or Christmas or pretty much in the summer. So fill in work when I'm not speaking, public speaking at a conference. I do, I do cruise. I did six weeks this summer. I did a last minute one last month. And then this is Thanksgiving, U.S. Thanksgiving. So, you know, it's a holiday cruise. Nobody's having a convention over Thanksgiving, so. so. So let me get this straight. In order to get it up and keep it up in your business, you take Viagra on a cruise ship at least three times a year. Hey, you know, that is correct. Hey, you know, a couple of Viagra, Red Bull, party! <laughs> Frank's running around like the token flagpole for no reason. Hey, what country are we in? What country are we in? Yeah, run the flag, run the flag on the pole. No, it's part of my self-care plan. It's actually it's an X I did. My self-care plan is med is um, diet, exercise, good night's sleep, meditation, medication, masturbation. And that was the uh, that was in my TEDx. The TEDx is called um, let's see, future uh, mental healthy orgasm, future depression single-handedly. Nice. I love my iPhone, but it is my second favorite handle device. You said this is right, no holds barred, right? We can say anything you want. Yeah, you're doing great. That's awesome. So, so talk to me, one, about the business of comedy for those who are delusional and think that they might make a career off it. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I believe I was born to it. I, I told my first joke in ninth grade, kids laughed, teacher was hysterical, and I decided I was going to be a comedian. 12th grade talent show. I won. Of course, I beat the folk dancers and the accordion player. No big deal. But moved to Southern California after college. Went to an open mic night. And here's my advice to somebody who wants to do comedy. Go to two open mic nights. See how bad 75% of the comedians suck. It will give you the courage. So that's what I did. I went twice and thought, man, I'm not funny just walking around. <laughs> And if you are the funniest person you know, you may have a future in stand-up comedy. Now, beware, it is a young person's business. The average age of a comedy club attendee is probably 23. So, you know, I, I don't do clubs anymore because the only thing we have in common is, you know, with a 23-year-old is an unpaid student loan. So I avoid those. Besides that, they don't pay much money. But if you have the comedy Jones and you want to be a comedian, I would go twice, get up on stage, and if there's Yuck Yucks or a comedy club near you, almost invariably they have a comedy workshop class, six weeks. Graduation, you perform your five minutes in front of friends and family. It's one of the very few jobs, Michelle, where you can get on, you can get on stage and do five minutes and make a career decision right there. Either, wow, this is for me, or, oh, dear God, I'll never do this again. <laughs> so, so if, if you feel about comedy oh, the way I feel about tree planting, you know that there's a very distinct line of this will never happen again. <laughs> if 
you feel like yeah, you're on you're stage over... planting trees, something's wrong. Yes. <laughs> if you're over 30, I would recommend go to the comedy club for the stage time, mm -hmm. for the practice, because it's brutal. Open mics are brutal. You know, hacklers and so forth. But if you're over 30, I would think about doing corporate comedy. Comedy after dinner, comedy after lunch. And people ask me, what's the difference between a corporate comedian and a club comedian? Well, about $5,000 U.S. plus per day. <laughs> I'm no bad major, Michelle. <laughs> hey. But, nice. Yeah, well, and, and you also, yeah, you also help people speak, yes, and, and build their speaking careers. Yes, I just did a, a, a two-day webinar on speak to make money on cruises at colleges, corporations, and associations. And cool. the corporate comedy, there's no message, no content, no learning objective, no takeaway, no action items, which is fine. That's one of the great things about doing the ship. I'm just doing stand-up. You know, I don't have to have any learning objectives or, or you know, action items or anything to make them laugh. But in the speaking world, you make half again as much on your speech if your comedy has content, if you teach yourself. So that's, I made that switch in 2012. I was making five grand for 45 minutes of comedy and the media planner said, Frank, we love you. But you know, the world's moved on. You need to teach our audience something. It will pay you more. So I began speaking on suicide prevention as a workplace health and safety issue. Nice. Very cool. And then and now also into the whole expertise of TED Talks, yes? Yes, I have eight TEDx Talks. Uh, only person on the planet has that many. Uh, Bill Gates has eight, you know, real TED Talks, not local, but, uh, but hey, he's Bill Gates, for goodness sake. You think they turn him down and he calls up and says, I got an idea? Sorry, Bill. You got, you got <laughs> that seven. one's not worth sharing. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. Huh. Clean water for everybody. Get out of town. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I and and a couple of years ago, a friend of mine said, "Frank, I get the impression you're teaching people how to get a TEDx for free, and that shit's got to stop." I said, "Really?" She goes, "Yeah. Get a website, charge a fee, and damned if it didn't work. I'm getting ready <laughs> to raise my fee again." Hey. Well, I was on a, in the webinar, Kimberly. Uh, Kimberly of Speaker's Playhouse mm -hmm. um, said to me, Frank, I paid 10 grand to a guy to help me get a TEDx. And when I got a TEDx, he was done. Mm -hmm. And you offer for six grand, you offer get a TEDx and then leverage it to get more bookings, raise your fees, sell more books, raise money for your cost. You know, you give, you're getting like twice as much stuff for almost a little over half the money. You've lost your mind. So, Michelle, I'm raising my fee. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. And keep in mind, yeah, peeps, come, this is come. as of the recording of this <laughs> podcast, not as of the yeah. time that you're listening to it. <laughs> yes. Um, although if you call me, contact me, and reference this podcast, after January 1st, I raise my fee, I'll give you the old fee. What? Because the new fee, Michelle, is going to be six grand for the TEDx. Yep. Six grand for the meet uh, the speaker marketing, yep. or ten grand for the combo. But if nice. your listener calls and goes, "Hey, I heard you on that Crackpot Michelle's uh, podcast. Can I, get, can I get the 2022 pricing? Absolutely." In 2023. 
But if you're listening yep. to this in 2025, it may not apply anymore. <laughs> Contact. No, my price go up again. Yeah, that's the fun well, part about podcasts. I think you and I talked about this before, Michelle. Hmm. Um, we don't always understand the value we bring until somebody on the outside, somebody else points it out to you. Right. I've never raised my speaking fee until some of the speakers said, you charge what? Oh, you've lost your mind. You need to raise it. Well, what should I raise it to? 7,500. Okay. I've never raised it until somebody told me it was too cheap. Because <laughs> I just don't see, you know, you don't see the value. Right. Get this. In my bio, I used not to mention that. I used to not mention the fact that I wrote jokes for the Tonight Show for 20 years. Speaker friend of mine goes, Frank, not everybody's done that. That needs to be the first line in your bio. Yeah. Okay. Crazy face. So, so let me get this straight that it takes somebody outside not necessarily hot, not necessarily good looking, not necessarily otherwise to help you to get it up and to keep it up. <laughs> yes, give you the, give you the, yeah, give you the oats to get it up give that and keep it up. <laughs> and, and you know what, Michelle, if you do, there'll be a happy ending. <laughs> right? Almost every time. Yep. That's hilarious. So while we're on it, how do people get a hold of you and, and start that journey with you? The whole, a hold of me, I oh, mean, all of me, me, me as an individual. Um, the, um, you can How did they the start to get health. to play with you? <laughs> yes, the, the mental health comedian, the mental health comedian.com or your TEDx coach, your TEDx coach.com, or just type in the mental health comedian in your browser and I'll come up because that's my brand. You know, almost Frank will pop up because he gets really excited when somebody Googles him, so he just pops up. Yes. <laughs> I'll pop up. I'll keep it up until we get in touch. And I won't let you down. Touch my pop up. It works. <laughs> I think it's one big joke after another. You, I told I'm telling you, my mind is permanently in the gutter. I don't have to write shit. That's, <laughs> that's my kind of comment. Yeah, Michelle needs to be doing stand up, by the way. Um, and here's the thing, Michelle women can get away with a lot more in stand up than men can. For I, I don't know what it is. But you could you could say things that I could never get away with at a corporate but event. For right? one, we can stand there with a heart on and you never know it. A guy does that and it's like, well, we can see. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, we boy, get away with a lot more right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> Frank's excited to be here. <laughs> I feel like a dog Not wagging really. his tail be... up on the stage. <laughs> no, no, I'm hung like a flea. I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you're hilarious so tedx talks speaking from stage comedy is there anything that you don't help speakers with uh no that's pretty much you know if you want to make money speaking mm -hmm. it's you know and i get a lot of pushback because i've got i have very specific ideas i believe michelle maybe you do uh mm -hmm. the riches are in the niches absolutely don't be a generalist pick a niche dive deep you know, be the be the expert, the thought leader, rather than having half a dozen keynotes. Or I love when people say to me, well, "I can speak to anybody on anything." Well, you're gonna you're gonna speak to nobody on nothing, because how do you market to anybody and everything? Absolutely. I was just on the weekly networking uh, podcast, speaker, speaker's playhouse, 
And I'm telling you, everybody who came on, because you, you give your name, name your speech or whatever, mm-hmm. and your ideal client. And they're going, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, business leaders. Yeah, That's, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I may go in February to a summit and all of those folks and do a speak for money session. And I'm going to tell them, look, if you can find, or oh, this is the one I love the best, I, can speak, I want to speak to divorced women. Well, hunt. if there was an annual convention of divorced women, you'd be golden. But I don't <laughs> think they get together like that. What? Entrepreneurs, no. thought leaders, salespeople, you know, you got to find, you got to make money speaking. It's got to be, I think, an annual conference where people pay to come, they got money for the budget, they can pay you, and they need to hear what you got to say. So I'm when I when I'm gonna go when I go to the thing in February, I'm gonna tell them, look, entrepreneurs, great, women in menopause, great. <laughs> An annual convention of women in menopause, boy, who don't want to go to that? Woohoo, party um, on Yeah. <laughs> what do you think the air conditioning built at the hotel is like that week? Knife um, sharpeners for everybody. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so no, it's it, again, riches are in the niches, you know. Entrepreneurs, okay. How about this? How about um, women in dentistry, women in medicine, women in veterinary medicine? A lot of those industries, a lot of those people are solo entrepreneurs. Perfect. They get they have an annual meeting, women in construction, annual meeting. All have state chapters, annual meeting. So you need to really narrow down, you know, you need to focus on, and they got to have a painful point you can address. Otherwise, I don't care how good your keynote is, you know. How excited you are to be there. Hey, we like it when people go deep, so we're good with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's number one from Frank. Go deep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Times I've heard that. Oh, deeper, deeper. Okay. How about thinner, thinner, prettier, prettier? <laughs> um. uh, so, when we're doing the talks, one the the name of the talk is important. It's got to get people's attention. Otherwise, you know, if you're in a breakout room and there's seven of them and yours is boring, everybody's gonna look at it and go, mm, "I know that." Even if they don't, they'll probably look at it like, "I know that." Whereas if you have an interesting talk title, you're in. If you niche it down, okay, that's second one: pe- getting people's attention and knowing where they are so that you're getting in the right room with the right people. Because um, it's great to be able to do a talk for 100 people, but if you can find 20 of your ideal clients, it would be better. Yeah, Seth Godin says smallest viable audience. You know, the smallest number of people that can pay you enough that you can earn as much as you want to earn. So you're not spraying and praying. You're looking for that select group of clients. And, you know, I, I don't turn people away. If they don't have my fee, I refer them. I go, look, I got a friend who does that. In that fee range, let me introduce you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Port wrote a great book. Book Yourself Solid, Michael Port, E-O-R-T. Mm-hmm. That's the theory, the velvet rope theory. You only want to serve the people you would let pass the velvet rope if you had a high-end bar. Nice. Now, the other people, don't just turn them away. You know, send them to somebody who does what they do, want them to do, for the money they've got. I've got a new client for ZX coaching yep. and speaker marketing. He's um, a financial advisor. And he drew a line in the sand. And he doesn't take anybody on as a client unless they have a half a million dollars or more. And because of that, he has 83 days off 
a year, not including weekends, 83 work days off a year. And I said, well, dear God, Matthew, what about some poor guy who's got $499,000? Do you just slam the door in his face? No. <laughs> Frank, I send him to somebody I know who's good and handles clients that size. But he's making, the reason he can take 83 days off a year plus weekends is he picked a lane, picked a niche, half a million or more, nobody else. And this is a guy who started out, we were talking about, for his keynote. There was a point in his career where he maxed out his credit cards. He's lying to his wife and he's actually making money. He's thinking about quitting every day. He's going to have to sell the house, move in with his mother-in-law if he doesn't start making money as a financial advisor. He was young. One of his clients said to him, listen, Matthew, we love your idea, but you're so young. We're having trouble getting past the idea that, you know, you came over here after you finished your paper route on your bicycle. That you're just... And now, stuck to it, picked a niche, some point drew a line in the sand. I want to spend more time with my family. So he figured what he did the math. Yep. How much would each client have to have to allow me? He calls it a lifestyle practice, which I think is brilliant. You know, it's his life, that's the lifestyle he wants. He designed the practice to fit rather than the other way around. Nice. Love it. Love it. Love it. Awesome. So lesson number three, don't spray and pay or spray and pray unless you're a porn star. Then you can spray and pray all you want to. <laughs> they pay extra for that. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for listening to the Little Blue Pill for Business podcast with your mistress in business, Michelle Nedelec. Why are you still here? Go to littlebluepillforbusiness.com and get your goodies. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with somebody else that you know would enjoy getting it up in business after you subscribe to the podcast, of course, so you won't miss any future episodes. Now, check the notes for links. Oh, and only tell your wife if she's into this, you know, entrepreneurship. And I'll see you both on the other side.